Welcome to the Unguardable Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Unguardable Podcast and on Twitter at Unguardable Pod. Uh, Unguardable is back with another team preview before this highly anticipated upcoming season starts. And uh, the team in focus today is the Chicago Bulls. Uh, They made a few big splashes in free agency and everyone seems to have high expectations for them. But is this team a legit contender in the East? To figure this out, I have my guest Nakai on with me. How you doing, Nakai? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm ready to talk some bulls. For once, they're looking pretty good. Hey, they, they, they're looking like they're going to be fun, at yeah. the very least. Even if they're bulls not necessarily good, Chicago's on the map. Hey, so, the, the NBA is better when Chicago has a competent team. So, Hey, there's, like, there's a couple teams that is like the NBA just ain't right unless they're on like the Bulls gotta be good the Knicks gotta be good uh obviously the Lakers can't be bad you know there's just a few teams the NBA just it's not right unless they're they're cooking fuck the Cavs though I don't think anybody loves the Cavs outside of Cleveland even the ones that were following Cleveland when LeBron was there, they're they're not messing hey, with them. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to bring up the Cavs when talking Bulls, because you know a certain bull, certain no, bulls yeah, the Cavs now. So true, true. But uh, speaking of that, we've got some new additions to these Bulls. Uh, the marquee additions are Lonzo Ball, Demar Derozan, and uh, the best one of them all actually is Alex Caruso. <laughs> You know what? Another thing too is we didn't see Vooch a lot last year, so you could almost count him as a new addition as well because we haven't seen the you know the full roster together with him. So we could also you know we're gonna yeah see they played lot. like what like thirty games together yeah that's in that season yeah. yeah it wasn't too much but uh yeah so what are you thinking uh of these uh new additions yeah so you know not to not to bring up another team too much because this isn't a pelicans episode but i do think that they're gonna soon regret letting lonzo go especially for getting thomas sadaransky back who's been a decent backup point guard especially he did he was decent for the bulls but lonzo ball i feel like is gonna have an all-star caliber season this year and you know pairing that with caruso off the bench is it's gonna look nice and then you have demar Derozan giving them a nice scoring punch i feel, I feel like they've really been missing that oh so, don't forget about Kobe white you know, to be honest with you, I don't not not to not to veer off too much from the new additions, but I I would like to see him moved because I feel like the, their guard rotation is pretty solid right now. Because you can have Caruso playing that combo off the bench, and then you have Lonzo and uh, Levine in the starting lineup. I feel like you can get some nice. Honestly, that's why I was so confused when they got rid of Laurie Marketing because I feel like he's somebody that they could use more than Kobe White. Because Kobe White somewhat gives a certain redundancy on the team because they they have a lot of guards now if you really look at it. Um, yeah, but what, yeah, what well, I, I think the difference between Kobe White, Ball, and Caruso is uh, Kobe can go get a bucket, where Lonzo is kind of more of a he's more he's more off ball kind of like he you know he'll create he'll create for others but he's not really like an offensive weapon caruso you know he'll he can get off a little here and there but kobe can actually like sling and he can he can go get his when he needs to so i mean i think that's what he brings as far as coming off of the bench you know 
yeah. in that rotation. DeMar DeRozan is the most interesting piece in this, despite being the best, besides being the best player out of the new additions. Um, I kind of I sat on it a little bit. I didn't really know how to feel about DeMar going uh, to the Bulls. Um, I didn't know how he would fit offensively just yeah. looking at it at first, but I think that this can work. Um, he's obviously we all know he's limited on his outside shooting and i think the way that the bulls are structured they've got shooters around him uh you know vucevic shot 40 percent levine shot 40 percent um ball shoots on like 37 38 percent from three uh not to mention kobe white he uh they he, they got shooters around him so his deficiency on the outside won't really be a problem he's not playing with people who are like redundancies you know yeah um no we all know that his biggest critique throughout his entire career has been his outside shooting ability but like like you just stated right now even lonzo who's been a very underrated three-point shooter throughout his career even, even though it's been a short career but he's improved every single season and he's surrounded by shooters and and you know i feel like this is his best situation he's been in thus far obviously he's had championship contending caliber teams like on the raptors but i feel like what is best suited to him is this chicago bulls team and you know i i really see him bouncing back even though he didn't have terrible years on the spurs but it wasn't exactly you know his peak years on the raptors i could see him bouncing back to that in terms of you know his points per game and efficiency yeah, I think they just didn't he didn't fit in San Antonio. Um for for the reason that he's going to he's going to probably look really good in Chicago. It was the exact opposite in San Antonio. He was playing with a bunch of, of players that just didn't hit outside shots like that. So it kind of just amplified the fact that he's only extremely efficient mid-range and and up close, you know. That you know the Spurs are doing a lot of weird stuff last year. They're running DeMar at power forward and doing all this. Like, none of that's going to be happening on the Bulls, you know? And yeah, no. He's going to definitely be in his preferred natural position at the three, maybe some two. But, you know, I feel like this is best suited for him. He's, he finally has, you know, a, a he's going to have a good outlook on, you know, his future in the NBA because the Spurs weren't really going anywhere with him you know so he's got some nice young talent with him and obviously big Vooch in the middle seasoned veteran but no i definitely feel like this team is best suited for demar mm. yeah and uh not only that lonzo i think also helps levine um well levine, lonzo and demar help levine because i feel like uh there's been a big knock on levine as far as yeah, he's super talented. He could score buckets, but does his scoring actually impact winning? You know, mm -hmm. and I think that because of the makeup of the team before, they had to put the ball in his hands constantly, and he wasn't able to. Um, like they they wanted him to put the ball. That was the only way they were gonna win is him going off. Um, with Lonzo, with Demar, both of them have playmaking abilities that will allow Levine to be able to be that slasher now instead of on ball all the time like yeah. you know he can spot up shoot he can he has a lot of lot to his game 
that can be uh, complimentary off the ball that he just wasn't allowed to be before. And uh, I think this year with Lonzo and DeMar, that's going to change. I think you'll get a more um, a more balanced game from him. That'll probably, I mean, it should turn into more winning, but I think there's another, the other side of the ball is going to have a lot more to do with that. But I think we'll see a more complete game from Levine. No, I definitely agree. We both know that, you know, Lonzo and DeMar love having the ball in their hands and they're best when they have the ball in their hands. And I definitely see us having a better outlook on what Levine looks like as an off-ball scorer and slasher. And yeah, like you said, he shot almost 50% from three, or in the high 40s. And, you know, he could definitely be a spot-up shooter, especially with Lonzo giving him those good looks. I think it's important for him to have uh, that type of point guard next to him, who's also a really good defender, and I feel like will help him look better on the defensive end. But Yeah. yeah. In- interesting enough, I think if DeMar is the one who's on-ball the most, it's gonna like fare well for everybody yeah like and, and honestly, i think we're gonna see be. his playmaking go go up yeah because if he's surrounded by shooters the ball ideally should be on his hand he should be playing some like the least amount of off ball so yeah i can definitely see some pick and pops with him and vooch and you know some backdoor cuts from levine and lonzo but their offense should be looking nice. Now, what is going to be looking a little suspect is their defense. Yes. <laughs> we, we can get into that for sure. Yeah, that, I don't, <laughs> Lonzo and Caruso help a bit. Um, Lonzo's the type of player that you can put on the the uh, star the star player in the backcourt for another team and tell them to go after him on defense. Uh, and then you've got Caruso coming off the bench to, you know, do the same. But that's about where it ends yeah. <laughs> on yeah. that end. I don't think they get any better. You know, for as for as young and inexperienced and even injury prone as Wendell Carter Jr. was, I definitely liked his defensive potential, you know. And obviously swapping him for Vucevic, you get, you know, a way better scorer but Vucevic has never been known for his defensive prowess in the paint we'll say that and as a pick and roll defender very suspect performance (laughs) yeah um even even Vucevic on offense I feel like I feel like he'll help as long as he doesn't get the type of touches that he needs to be that 2010 that he was in Orlando like he needs to be a little more complimentary um in spacing the floor than getting like as many post touches as he needs to get for those types of numbers he was getting before you know but he definitely doesn't like help on defense either and uh i think that's what's really gonna limit this team and what's you know they're they're obviously you and i both know they're not they're not contenders but as far as trying to place them within i would say the bottom of the playoff bracket that defense is gonna determine that. I'd say they're they're six and below right now. Well, how so? How many wins do you think that translates to? Like what? 40, so 42? Last year, they were thirty-one and forty-one in the seventy-two game season, and you know, it's tough because I think the East is a lot stronger than people are making it out to be, or that people may realize, and 
I could see them being in a playing spot. I don't think their their spot isn't guaranteed at all. Because if you look at the Nets and Bucks are a shoe in. Then you have the Sixers, even without Ben Simmons, I'm locking them in for the playoffs. Then you have Atlanta, who has only gotten better. I see them as a lock. The Heat just got Kyle Lowry. The Celtics are still going to be there. That's seven teams right there. Yeah. Then you have Charlotte. The Knicks. The Knicks. <laughs> Did you already say the Celtics? Yeah. I got yeah. the Celtics. The Pacers. Pacers are going to be back healthy for once. With the, with the fresh new Karis LeVert, who was looking real nice at the end of last season. Then you have the Raptors. Who just got Jalen? Or no, they didn't get Jalen Suggs. Who? Uh, yeah, they got Suggs. Or no, no, no the no. Suggs Suggs yeah, went to the Magic. They got a uh, Scott. Uh, Scotty yeah, Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Yeah, and he's looking real nice. He was looking real nice in summer league. So there's I, mean, a I don't lot. think the Raptors I didn't even are mention, gonna. I didn't even mention the Cavs. The Cavs I mean, actually have an okay roster. I don't. I don't think they're they're even playing capable though. Yeah, anything can happen. I would put the Wizards over those last couple teams you named, just cause, just cause of having Bradley Beal. Yeah, no, I feel you. But uh, yeah, you're right. Um, the East is kind of loaded as far as a uh, talented team, especially in that back end. Uh, like you were saying, I mean the way the way I'm looking at the standings, I'm looking at the Nets first, Bucks second. Um, I think the Heat and the Sixers are still interchangeable at three, four, depending on what happens. Um, not even, not even, I don't even care if they the Sixers have been. I still think if Embiid's healthy for seventy something games, they're, a top five they're still they're, they're still a third five. seed. Um, yeah. Then you got Miami, like I said. Uh, you've got the Knicks. You've got the Hawks. You've got the Celtics. So I'm looking at them as a as a seventh or eighth seed you know play, they're gonna for sure be in the play-in but i think it'll be in that seventh or eighth spot yeah and uh i really think i mean as far as looking at their ceiling i think that's pretty much about i guess making the first round of the playoffs would be their their ceiling like just well, getting into the first round like yeah. surviving the play-in i think was or what should be their top priority is keeping Levine happy. That's by far their best player and their best asset. He's a young star on the team, you know. Regardless of what you think of Lonzo, he's not Levine. And DeMar DeRozan is getting up there in age. So if I'm the Bulls, I know that my prize is Levine. I'm doing whatever I can to make him happy. And from everything he said, it seems like it's winning. So I know that the first round of the playoffs is definitely a step in the right direction you know the, i don't think anybody's expecting them to be even a second round team you know but yeah no not at all especially coming in at seven i mean if they're coming in at seven or eight they're obviously playing the bucks or the or the nets and yeah <laughs> unless unless they're ravaged with injuries right before this the playoffs start there's no way they're beating them yeah so uh what, what do you think their floor is you know i think that it's tough because I, if I'm keeping a rock, I could see them even missing the plane. Like, it, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Who do you think is like? Let's say they start off five and ten, right? Who do you think is the scapegoat, and what do you, and what do you think they do at that point? Because I don't think they're just sitting there after all this stuff they just did and are cool with that. I think some, in my opinion, is Vucevic. Vucevic might have to go as quick as he got there. But I could see that. Yeah. 
Um, like maybe a little, <laughs> maybe a little Vucevic for Gobert situation. If the Jazz don't start too hot either, and... I mean, I don't know if the Jazz would ever do that. But something, something like that, I'd say. Maybe get a little more uh, interior presence going because I, I genuinely feel like that's where their biggest issues are going to lie. Yeah, they have nothing down low, really, defensively at all. Like even if you look at last year, they had like Thad Young, who's you know. You're not looking at that young, like he's an amazing post defender, but he's something, you know. Like they literally, if you look at this roster right now, their their bigs are Tony Bradley, uh, Vucevic, Alize Johnson, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> it it's it's looking kind of sorry after that after that first unit. Like I don't. I don't even know who's gonna be running backup center for this team, to be honest with you. Like it. So you're thinking they could their their floor is is possibly just missing the play in altogether, like being because what the play in is uh seven eight nine ten right, so that yeah. means they're the eleventh best team in the East to miss the play in. Yeah. So let's say we we are seven shoe ins: the Sixers, the Nets, the Bucks, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Heat, and the Celtics. Right. That's our seven right there. In my opinion, the eighth is the only thing that's really up for grabs. And you have the Wizards, which I wouldn't be surprised if they were better than them. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pacers were better than them. I like my chances with the Bulls over the Hornets, for sure. And the same thing with the Raptors. But that's 11 teams right there. Like, that's... that's. I'm not exactly confident, let's, let's say. You know? Yeah. Like, um... <laughs> yeah, you might be right. Thinking about that, um, if they're not, if they're not hitting stride, at least by by the trade deadline, they might be trying to mix things up because so so much has been made of the Demar Derozan addition and Alonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. There is their subtractions, and they didn't really subtract nothing crazy. I mean, you know, Al Farouk. Uh, Thad Young, like I mentioned, no more Tice, uh, Sadaransky, which got shipped out for Lonzo, and obviously Laurie Markinen, who you know, I think that one might come back to bite him because you know, last season wasn't exactly nothing too crazy, it was, it was a down year for him. He averaged 13.6 points, you know, but even that off the bench would have helped because they have no depth whatsoever, and I feel like. All these other teams that I mentioned in the East, the let me see, the Pacers, super deep team, the Hornets, pretty deep team, the Raptors even have a pretty deep team. The only team that's questionable depth-wise is the Wizards, but like you said, they have Bradley Bill. So <laughs> it's like the their biggest problem to me, besides the defensive end, is their depth. And when it comes to a playoff series. Like yeah, you're you're gonna be running eight deep, but I don't even know if they could do that. Like it, Caruso, Kobe White, and it's uh, about it. <laughs> like, yeah, Troy Brown Jr., which I like Troy Brown, but I mean, come on. I I think I think their floor is losing in the plan. Now whether that's at the seven, eight, nine, or ten slot. That's up for debate, but I, I I honestly I believe in them enough that they're gonna at least slip into the tenth seed, and 
the floor is they just they just don't make it out of that play-in game you know yeah um but you're not wrong like really just looking at those teams in the east at the bottom it's really no guarantee uh there are so many teams like you said that that could pull one over on you well look let's just put it this way let's let's since we're talking about floor let's look at disaster scenario right let's say Levine or DeRozan is out for six to eight weeks they are done like they have nobody to to supplement that at all like they're done it's it's that's where the depth isn't coming to issue but and I don't want to jump the gun I don't know if you're ready to get into X factors here right yeah, we can make we can make it work. But what are, I, what are the X factors? I am uh I'm I'm staking my claim right here and letting it be known on this podcast and we got it recorded. I am part of the Patrick Williams fan club and I think he's about to be, you know, I think he's about to be nice. I think he has a very high defensive potential. I don't know how much he's going to be able to help Vooch, you know, but I you know, I like him, especially on a Billy Donovan team. I feel like he's going to do a lot for him. Um, and I, I do also feel like he's the right coach for this type of team because he's going to allow the young dudes to really do their thing. He's not type to – he's not going to loop Walton them. He's not going to, you know, they make <laughs> they make one mistake and, oh, you're out of here, you know. I think he's yeah. going to allow them to, to really flourish in that system. But, no, Patrick Williams is definitely my X factor. And – he he's a very raw offensive talent last year he averaged uh, nine points a game which isn't terrible you know but i definitely see him with the playmaking of lonzo especially he could be in that you know 12 to, to 14 range this year which i feel like will do a lot for them yeah um he wasn't too bad off of uh catch and shoot threes either so that helps as well um he shot 40 almost 39 last year almost 40 percent, which is pretty good yeah and Granted, he shot, what, low attempts yeah you're shooting like what 1.7 or like something yeah. like that it's like two threes game. a game he's shooting yeah. two threes a game, which is not great. it's not a lot but i mean he he was hitting them at a high clip the ones he was and getting so look at the offensive talent around him this year he's going to be getting way more open looks oh so. yeah there's there's going to be so much attention on the other four he's got like he's got a hit like <laughs> he's gonna have he's gonna have time for days to, to let him fly uh yeah so normally um on the other episodes i have singled out a specific player as well for an x factor but honestly like when i'm just looking at this team the only thing that's really gonna be an x factor in my mind is whether they play any sort of defense at all yeah like defense in capital letters like if they can just even even if it's just a middle of the road defense that they put together which i highly doubt is going to happen especially with that front line that they have um we're looking at them completely different now are they better than those seven teams that we named no but if they get even some semblance of a defense i think you can lock them in at eight okay and give a good series like, like to somebody i'm not, I'm not but... mad i'm not mad at that i just if i'm and granted yeah we've missed the playoffs for however many years now but 
if I'm a Bulls fan, eight doesn't exactly make me too comfortable, especially with like just looking at it on paper, we added uh, Ball, DeRozan, Caruso. Like to me, that's like mm, playoff shooting, but eh, not so fast because <laughs> like yeah, the defense is gonna be pretty bad. Yeah, well, I'm I'm hoping that they don't um, they don't try to blow this up or do anything stupid after it inevitably ends up in a bottom of the play-in bracket or <laughs> bottom of the playoff seeding uh you know season because i think they're building something here um i know that derozan's 32 and you know he's getting older but i think that his mid-range game is going to translate pretty well into his later like years and his playmaking ability so i'm not really too worried about that but if this season they put together a decent campaign maybe get into the play-in um win it or not i think the next off season they can attract some talent with some proper team building we're looking at a team that's shooting for five or six or seven next season depending on how the other teams shake out at the end of the day it's still chicago and people are gonna want to go there you know especially if they're looking they have uh some semblance of a competent organization because that hasn't exactly been the case for you know the latter half of those jimmy butler years on you know so yeah i i definitely see them being a destination if they do have a really good season and also i i just want to cover my tracks because we were talking about the floor for this team to be honest with you i wouldn't be surprised if they some somehow were outscoring teams like crazy everybody was healthy and everything was cool and they are somehow a five or six i'm granted i'm betting on the 10 to 10 to 8 but yeah. i'm saying i wouldn't be there's no way they end up in five to six like you don't think so nah i mean is there is there like a possibility like if we're asking dr strange how many scenarios there are for that to happen you know he's probably gonna pull out 10 but that's out of like yeah, thousands million. of yeah. million scenarios you know like it's it's not a high percentage could it happen sure but we're talking like infinity gauntlet going back in time levels of luck for them to get into like a five seed like you know how many people are gonna have to get hurt yeah but yeah i don't know that's this bull all i know is that this bulls team is gonna be extremely fun to watch (laughs) whether they're dumpster fire or not they're gonna it's just gonna be electric offense and they're probably gonna be my top three teams on nba uh league pass to watch like i'm even um that opening week i'm gonna be looking for that first game i i have to see how they look and i'm gonna be checking for them throughout the season no i mean man they're at the end of the day they're in the east which is a a good there's hope for them you know um this is a team in the west is you know to be looking pretty bad but there's always hope in the east and i feel like having an elite in my opinion who's an elite scoring talent in levine uh they have that guy now i'm not sitting here telling you that zach levine's a number one option on a championship team i'm not saying that at all but could he be a number one guy in a perennial 
you know, middle of the road playoff team? Sure. And I feel like if I'm a Bulls fan, even if I'm the Bulls organization, I'm taking that over what's been happening these last four to five years, you know? So, yeah, give me give me a competitive, uh, a competitive team. Um, Almost in the same boat as how the Knicks have been over the last, you know, 10, 20 years. For the most part, Knicks fans have just been starving for somebody who's going to go out there and be fun to watch and compete. And again, look what just happened. Kemba went, you know, and they're, Kemba's not exactly an all-NBA caliber player, but it's still something. And yeah. if you can get those type of guys to want to join your program and what you got going on, like, that, that's a major plus. So if they can get on the map this year and really show people, like, hey, come be a part of this, I think that's important because, you know, Chicago's not exactly New York, but it's close. So in the NBA landscape. So I could definitely see them, like we said, attracting people in the future if this goes well. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I think we squeezed the orange on the bulls, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty much, I think we're all in agreement that uh, the expectations might be a little high, <laughs> a little too high. <laughs> yeah. They're 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 fighting for a play a play in spot and uh yeah then and they're gonna be fun to watch regardless uh i want to just thank you for coming on kai and uh we're gonna have you on more often throughout the season hey i'm i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be i feel like it's gonna be one of the best seasons in a while and it's only right because the 75th anniversary so oh yeah something something's crazy's gotta happen we gotta get the the championship that we're looking for champion the finals uh matchup that we're looking for yeah, I'm like not gonna lie. We've, i'm sure we'll get into it on another podcast but i feel like we've been getting robbed and and you know i'm i'm happy with that all-time performance that Giannis gave us last year but it wasn't exactly lakers nets so yeah let's let's hope and pray <laughs> we get we get what we what we need in the yeah. 75th oh, anniversary yeah. oh yeah but uh yeah that's it for us uh unguardable podcast go ahead and uh, hit us up on twitter at unguardable pod and on uh ig at unguardable podcast for uh more just nba news and discussion and uh we'll be seeing you next time